I don't want to remain the same. I know you don't want to remain the same either. That's why we're in growth mode. See, status quo is death to us. We just need to accept that. But, you know, sometimes you feel like you're making progress and you're moving forward, moving along just fine, and, and all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from under you. You, you know how that feels, and it's just, it's, it can be devastating. Uh, maybe it's an auto accident or a layoff. It could be uh, the, the loss of a close family member, maybe a financial disaster, or as it was in my case, a physical situation that I never saw coming. I've shared with you for the past few weeks that on March 10th, I had a TIA, which is a mini stroke, and, and it came about not due to an unhealthy diet. It was not due to a lack of exercise. It was not due to high cholesterol or even heredity. <laughs> so what in the world was going on? In fact, after I had all of my test runs, I discovered that I'd had several of these TIAs, these mini strokes recently, and that just jolted my life. I was really thrust into this situation of trusting God, trusting God for healing and trusting God that we would desperately, just in this desperate pursuit for this cause. After an EKG, a CT scan, an MRI, and blood tests, and nerve testing, and two MRAs, <laughs> there are no signs of problems. <clears throat> but when my lifestyle was examined, two problems arose, and uh, one was that I was averaging about 5 hours, 15 minutes of sleep per night. That was my average uh, when you average out a week. And I was also, number two, carrying too much stress. My, my problems were basically like this. I was staying up too late, working on projects, writing, doing uh, administrative work. I wasn't regularly taking a day off, which is Sabbath. For me, a day off means one day a week that I don't do ministry work. And I wasn't delegating as I should, and I was even carrying emotional loads of ministry on my own shoulders. And, and as I began dissecting this in even further, I was like, why was I doing that? Well, it was kind of in this futile attempt to prevent others who were here in the church from feeling stressed. So I decided that I was going to go ahead and be the ticking time bomb, and, I, and it just about blew up. Small things produced a huge, big problem. That day when I lost my grip and my hands started burning and the side of my face went numb... I knew what was happening, and my worst fears were, like, overtaking me, and, and, and I knew that I could die or I could be seriously impaired for the rest of my life at that moment. That, my friend, was a big deal. You guys get that. But it came about because of small things piling up that I didn't even realize, because small equals big. So I immediately began to make some life changes uh, because I desire my big thing to be something totally different than that. My small changes, they began to be about getting a fuller view of my life, laughing a lot more, taking a legitimate day off from ministry work, which is Sabbath. I, I also began changing the way that I think and process things. I changed the way that I breathe. I learned to change even my sleep habits, while at the same time maintaining the good habits that were already in place of of family relationships and devotions and studies and diet and exercise and friendship relationships. And, but all of those are just small things. But the truth is, small things always add up. And small things will always make a big difference. But it was almost two months before I began to take note of any substantive change in my system after putting new habits into place, but I, you know, I refused to give up. But then little by little, 
my blood pressure began dropping. Now, for the past several days, it's actually been normal almost every single time that I've taken it, and that's huge. And, and here, here's the deal. I will never go back to those old habits, never, because I'm going to live to be 100, and, and my life will continue to be filled with adventure and with substance and with laughter and a lot of deep satisfaction. Now, the, here's the truth. You can't see the small changes I've made in my life, but the results of those changes are slowly becoming evident and hopefully will be, not hopefully, but I really believe will be very obvious in years to come. The results will be big. They'll be huge. They'll be massive. Here's the formula. It's this. The small things no one sees results in the big things we desire. Now, if you can narrow your focus, unbelievable results can come. And you can begin then taking these small steps toward your destination. And, and you begin to think it in your heart and speak it over your life. In fact, the scriptures tell us that as we think in our hearts, so we will become. The power of death and life is in the tongue. Why? Because thoughts become words. Words become act, actions and habits. And, and, and we become ultimately whatever we repeatedly do. And that is the big idea for the today and this series. See, what are you repeatedly doing? thinking about? What are you saying to yourself? What are you, what are you doing? See, whatever that is, that is what you will become. You are creating that for yourself and your family and the people around you. So if your words and thoughts and habits are repeatedly based in misery or negativity or hatred or anger or lack or frustration, then that is going to take you to some very disappointing destinations you have actually charted a course for your life, whether you realize it or not. But if your thoughts, words, and your habits are repeatedly based in optimism and joy, positivity, faith, love, abundance, attitude, cooperation with others, then you are actually going to find that you have some very exciting destinations in store for you. You have charted a course. You may not be there yet, but you've charted the course. But first, truth is, you need to know where you're going. And so... I remind you of this, is that you need to aim high with your one verb. Select that one verb, which is your action. My one verb I've chosen is focus. It's basically to quiet the noise of the world and focus upon my one goal. And I'm not going to get distracted by all of this external stimuli, which in my case can tend to be the demands of others, and even a lot of self-condemnation because I feel like I can't get everything done. So I choose to focus and my focus is basically upon this eternal destination because I know that my time on earth, it's just part of a journey. And, and I will never arrive. I will never have the success or whatever in this earth. That's not what I look for because it's, it, it isn't here for my life. I will arrive. I'll have success when I stand before Jesus someday in eternity, off in the distant future. And Jesus is going to say this, which is my one verse. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, oh, wait, I'm going to be in charge of more stuff. Well, but that's okay because it's going to be heaven. He's going to come and share in your master's happiness. So everything in my life really is a focus on that one goal. So I live my life with focus to hear these words of Jesus. It clears up what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. It clears up how, uh, how I'm going to even spend my Sabbath and, and, and how I'm going to deal with my family, how I'm going to treat my body. It clears up how I'm going to make decisions on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. It, it actually causes me to think differently. 
And as I've said, thoughts become words. Words become actions and habits, and habits create your destiny. Now, after you get that one verb and that one verse, then you begin to work on your thoughts because if you can change your thoughts, you can change your what? Life. See, nothing is going to work if you don't alter the way you think. You have to take the unruly thoughts captive and change the thoughts, transform them. And, and you need to put a thought strategy into work. I have a thought strategy. My thought strategy is threefold. My thoughts are going to be peaceful, positive, and productive. So I head toward my destination with focus, and I've decided my thoughts are going to be that way. And what are your strategies for your thoughts? I only recently came up with this strategy after my incident in March, and this strategy has paid off in a huge way. My head is clearer. My mind is more relaxed. I am actually rewiring my brain. I'm putting neuroplasticity into action very intentionally. Then based upon what's happening in my thoughts, I choose to focus my words. Because if you can change your words, you can change your what? Life. Last week I spoke in depth about this, and I also believe that you should have a strategy for your words. My words strategy is this. It's to have strategy, substance, and sincerity. Here's one thing that I find interesting. I've found and I've caught myself actually saying less. I, you know, it's like I talk for a living, but I just realized that recently, especially over the past few weeks, I've been talking less. I've been throwing less words out there. And, and I really believe it's because I'm weighing my words against this strategy that I put into place. I, if there's no strategic purpose for my words, I'm finding that I don't talk. If, if my words do not have substance to them, I'm just choosing to not talk. If, if my words are not going to be sincere, I'm not going to talk. This has actually caused my stress level to plummet, and it's keeping me focused. It's really cool how it works, and the sequence is this. Thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits, and habits become your destiny. And I'm telling you, my friends, it always follows the sequence. You don't just accidentally end up at some obscure destiny in life. It doesn't work that way. It always works this way. Small habits equal big results. And we have to discipline also our actions into habits, which is big. Remember, I said earlier that we are what we repeatedly do. That's why the one verb is really important, because it's our primary action. And you need to let your other actions spring forth from your one verb, and you begin to repeat those actions, and they become habits, because the key to your abundant future, which is what God wants for you, and it's what you want for yourself, it's found really in your small daily habits, small things, some Habits are simple for me. I lay out my clothes each night before I go to bed. I don't want the stress of having to choose clothes in the morning. Picking out clothes is stressful for me. I, it's, it's hard. I know some of you, it's, it's, it's like, no, it, it's stressful for me. I don't know why. It, but, so I'd pick it out the day before, and I'd lay it out. I don't have to think in the morning. I habitually plan my attire the day before. It's a habit. I, I even have a habit of planning, for the most part, what I'm going to eat the day before. I habitually plan my Bible reading. I habitually plan my exercise. I habitually plan how many hours I'm going to sleep now. I habitually brush my teeth every morning and evening, even though the dentists have told me that I'm still not brushing long enough. Wrong, but I, I think that he's wrong, but I, you know, he knows what he's talking about, I guess. And I, I habitually spend time in silence every day. I habitually read every day. I habitually spend time every day writing. 
I have a habit of listening to a daily podcast. That's either a sermon or a health and fitness program or leadership growth material or a business strategy podcast. And, and I mean, I'm just thinking, like, why would I want to veg out and listen to people ramble on the radio when I'm driving when I can spend that drive time growing? So I have a habit of preparing and attending and leading my discipleship group each Tuesday morning. I have a daily habit to communicate to every one of my family members, even if it's not face-to-face. I have this habit of establishing my plans for the week. And I, I plan it out in advance of whether, it's, whether I'm going to have a work evening or a study evening or a family evening or a date night. See, positive habits keep us on track. And they keep me from just doing what I feel like I want to do based upon my body or my emotions or pressures from other people. So here's my question to you. What are your habits? Are you disciplined to have good habits? Most likely, sure, absolutely. But there could be more. That's what I want to challenge you with today. Because bad habits will take you places you'll always regret. Uh, Habits of complaining or habits of being lazy or maybe habits of eating too much, habits of showing up at work right on time or one minute late, habits of sleeping in, habits of video games, habits of spending your entire paycheck each week, or habits of not planning out your day or your week. Small habits, those are just small things, but the small habits will keep you from your desired destiny. And we all have those habits. They're either good or they're bad. Positive habits, though, they come from discipline. They don't automatically happen. Discipline is critical for forward advance. So I'm going to ask you guys to do a discipline self-exam. I've had you do this each each week for different areas. I want you to to do a self-exam regarding discipline. Where do you fall on the discipline scale? Inconsistent at a 1 or highly disciplined a 10? What is your honest, honest number? Look at that number. Get that number. Write that number down. What does your discipline look like? Now, you have a certain degree of it or you wouldn't even be here right now. Think about this. Ask yourself this. Are you controlled by pressure from your emotions? Are you controlled by feelings in your body or from things that other people are doing or saying or even your cravings for pleasure? Or are you controlled by decisions that you've made that actually move you in the right direction of your life? So where do you fall on that scale? See, what discipline is, discipline is Choosing between what you want now and what you desire long-term. This series is all about the long-term focus. Success in your marriage, success in your family, success in your business or finances, it all comes from discipline because you're focusing long-term and you have these healthy disciplines that you have created in your life to help get you there. Now, what's interesting is we really do know what to do already. We kind of know it in our heads. It's kind of like, I knew I should be sleeping more. I, I also knew in my head that I should be letting go of the things that were swirling around in my mind, but I didn't. And, and, and primarily, I would say it's just because I didn't even know how. I didn't think they were that big of a deal anyway. I'm healthy, right? <laughs> but these were blind areas of inconsistency and And I still have areas of inconsistency. I sure do. In fact, we all do. My question, though, is where are you inconsistent in your life? And only you can answer that. Think about it. I mean, why are we 
so inconsistent. I mean, it's this tension, it's this struggle that keeps us from doing what we know we need to actually do. Paul put it this way, I love it. He said, I don't really understand myself. You guys ever felt that way? I feel that way all the time. I don't really, it feels good to know that an author of the Bible wrote this. It just makes all, this, this should be the feel-good scripture of the day. I don't really understand myself for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I, I, I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I can't. I don't. And I, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one that, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's actually the sin that's living in me that's doing it, that does it. And then he says, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Ah! Oh, wait a minute. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the answer. Who will deliver you from your inconsistencies? It's Jesus Christ our Lord. Because with Christ's help, my friend, you can change. Christ in me is stronger than my appetites. Christ in me will help me overcome what I want now so that I can begin doing the small things that will give me what I want the most. Guys, I'm just saying this. Ask Jesus for help. And then you help yourself. You train yourself. Put yourself into some training. You just mean to make a decision. It's decisions here. We decide that we're going to win in what matters most. That's what we're going to win. Decide to win even before it begins. And, and we do this by training ourselves. And, and we train ourselves. It's, it's basically creating habits. Paul said it this way. He said, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? <laughs> so run to win. Then he says, but all athletes are disciplined in their training. You catch that? All athletes are disciplined in their training, but they do it for a prize that will fade away. But we do it. Do what? Discipline. We discipline. We train. We do discipline and training. Why? For an eternal prize. Do you get that? It's all about the future. See, he's comparing how we handle our mind and our emotions and our words and our actions and our habits with the way that an athlete trains. And it's, I think it's a great comparison. But the cool deal is our reward is not a Stanley Cup, but it's eternity. And that is crazy amazing. And you can do it. We just need to adopt this mentality of run to win. Run to win. And how do you do that? You basically strip down and you untangle your feet. You, you, you don't play around. You're going to play to win. That means you're just going to get rid of whatever's holding you back. See, the Bible says it this way. It says, let us strip off everything that hinders, along with the sin that so easily entangles our feet, and then run the race with perseverance. And while we're running, where's our focus? Focusing, fixing our eyes on Jesus because he's the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Now, when I go to the gym, I change and I put on lightweight clothes. 
because I don't want to be heavy and constricted. I, want, I don't want to be wearing non-flexible clothing that we tend to wear in the culture today. Uh, it, it, you know, if, if you're going to go, if you're like a skinny jeans wearer, which I am not, you're not going to go work out in your skinny jeans. That would be kind of a joke, right? right? Uh, but, but see, you're, you're going to change into something that's not going to hinder the way that you move. So in the scripture, what I love about this is he's really talking about two things. He's talking about two things. He's talking about, number one, anything that hinders, everything that hinders, and secondly, sin. See, this scripture is a lot, a lot of times it's misrepresented, and a lot of people say it's only speaking about sin, which it's not. In this case, in this particular scripture, he's addressing two issues. One is things that hinder your thoughts, your words, your actions, your habits. And secondly, is sin. So, hey, what is hindering you from moving the way you need to move? You need to strip it off. Get into some gym clothes. And you, and you need to get rid of any sin in your life that are keeping your, that's keeping your feet tangled up. That is how to run to win your race. Paul put it this way. He said, I discipline my body like an athlete. Training myself, training me to do what it should. Now, Discipline is critical. We understand that to a certain degree, uh, but, but we're, we, we need to be disciplined to do the right things, and I'm not always all that good at it. This week, I, was, I, was, I had this moment of weakness, and I was at the grocery store, and I walked down the frozen food aisle. You ever walk down the frozen food aisle, and I noticed that, wait, this was not just a frozen food aisle. This was an aisle filled with ice cream. The first thought that came to my mind is this little song, you know, the old bluebell jingle. And I just started thinking about that. And I started looking for my ice cream. And that's when it all hit me. See, I don't, I don't purchase ice cream very often. But I felt like I needed some. And there wasn't any except brands that don't make me happy. Uh, there was no bluebell. And I'm just going, what in the world is going on? Yeah, I know I was slipping on my discipline just a little bit. And, and it's funny because I noticed that I started getting a bad attitude about Bluebell. I started feeling like a negative grouch. All I could see was Blue Bunny, but that was not Bluebell. And hey, I'm just telling you guys, that stuff's not made in Texas. They do not know about ice cream. It is not the best ice cream in the country all made down home. So I bought myself some Heath Klondike bars and I felt better about myself, you know. <laughs> But, but if that little breach of discipline becomes a small habit, it will produce big things later, later. And those particular results would be better described as large results, or we could say gordo results, as a good Texan. That's why I choose what I want the most over what I want now. What do you want the most? What are the big things that you desire? Because the small things no one sees results in the big things we desire. And it all comes down to discipline. So I'm asking you to select one small discipline that needs to be integrated into your life. My one discipline is this that I've committed to, and here it is. It's what do I need to do now to have what I desire long term? That's what you're going to ask yourself. And I've asked myself this. It could be something as simple as, well, I need to hire a trainer, or maybe you need to get a version Bible reading plan, a date night with your spouse, pray with your children, or 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 get in a connect group, maybe delete some apps or turn your phone off. But the key to your abundant future is found in these small daily habits. And these habits are created through discipline. 
When I was preparing this series, I, which is I began to, which is really based upon my long-term focus that I've chosen to embrace. I knew I needed to establish new disciplines and initiate small habits. And one of my biggest new disciplines I'm sharing with you now, and that's the discipline of Sabbath, which is a regular rhythmic period of time where I do not do ministry work. But instead, I rest my body and I rest my mind. I allow myself to recharge and get restored. And I quiet myself so I can perform at a new level. So I can have endurance to run the race. I mean, Jesus did it. <laughs> if it's important enough for God in the flesh to do this, why would it not be important for me? Because the truth is, I have big goals. The key to my abundant future is found in my small daily habits. So with the help of God, I need to do now what is going to help me to achieve what I desire the most. That's why tonight's worship night is so important. Because worship of God is engaging the presence of God, and it's central to a healthy soul. That's why I'm saying, guys, get in here early tonight. Don't, don't sit at home watching Netflix and playing video games. I guarantee it will be more impactful here toward your destination. So my thoughts matter. My life will always move in that direction. My words have the power of death and life. And if I change my words, I can change my life. I need to run to win have purpose in every step, disciplining my mind and my body and my emotions to do what it should do, because I am what I repeatedly do. With God's help, I will choose new actions and habits and discipline myself to do good. Because the small things no one sees results in the big things we desire.